The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Start the clock. We've got the deadline looming. The U.S. is weighing delaying Mexico tariffs as time for a deal runs short. The Republican Party against President Trump on those tariffs. I'm hard-pressed to find one Republican who agrees with President Trump on raising those tariffs. And now the Democrats, well, they say no deal on USMCA either. Now President Trump has to decide, is he going to raise those tariffs against Mexico on June 10th, or is he going to extend it? Tick-tock, Monday is the deadline. Meanwhile, the fallout for impeachment chatter. Did you see that Politico uh, story just within the last day or so? Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying she doesn't want to impeach President Trump, but wants to see him in prison. We get fresh reaction on the impeachment chatter. Senator Chris Van Hollen, Democrat from Maryland, he's going to call in. We've also got... All-star panels, friend of the program, friend of each other's, Joe Crawley, senior policy advisor at Squire Patton Boggs, former congressman of New York, a Democrat. Uh, he's also, of course, the former chairman of the House Democratic Caucus. He served on Ways and Means, Financial Services. He's a dad dog to Bruce, named after Bruce Springsteen. Sari Kim, Republican strategist, former senior advisor in the Trump administration. And she's got recently named to a awesome new list today. We're going to check in with her on that. But first, Martin DeCaro, tell us the headlines. That's right. Kevin, one of America's largest trading partners, may delay the onset of punitive tariffs. Sources tell Bloomberg the Trump administration's considering holding off on the president's threatened tariffs on Mexico. Negotiations continue in Washington over stemming the flow of Central American migrants to the U.S. Bloomberg's Alex Wayne reports. They might actually be able to come to some sort of a deal before the tariff goes into effect on Monday. Or, as one official told us, the tariff goes into effect on Monday, but then the Mexicans quickly take some steps that enable the tariff to be taken off in a short period of time. President Trump will have the final say on that. Meantime, one of the most influential pro-business groups in the country, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, is thinking about taking legal action to stop the president. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman has that part of the story. Opponents suggest the president is stretching the law, justifying tariffs on Mexico by citing the emergency on the border. The chamber is considering a lawsuit to reverse his course. Neil Bradley, executive vice president, said in a Bloomberg interview. 
Our number one goal is to keep these tariffs from going into effect. We're using everything in our arsenal to make the argument to the White House that there's a better way. Working with Congress, they need to step up their opposition to this. But litigation is certainly an option. Bradley said the tariffs are hurting chamber members from automakers who bring in parts to restaurants that import fresh vegetables. In Washington, Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio. They're remembered as the Bedford Boys, 35 men from the small Virginia town and its surroundings, part of the Vanguard 20. 29th Infantry Division, who stormed the beaches of Normandy 75 years ago. 20 fell. Today, at a hilltop ceremony on Bedford's Edge, Vice President Pence delivered the keynote address at the National D-Day Memorial there. To those brave veterans gathered here who fought so long ago, and to all those looking on from glory, we say one more time, thank you for your service. Thank you for our freedom. Memorial officials say Company A lost 103 men on D-Day, 19 of them from Bedford County, another Bedford man killed in Company F. House Democrats are moving ahead with a contempt of Congress resolution against Attorney General William Barr and former White House counsel Don McGahn. They defied subpoenas, a floor voted by all House members set for June 11th, and this particular resolution gives Democrats who chair committees the power to issue future contempt citations without waiting for approval from the full House. A businessman who served as a key witness in the special counsel's investigation will remain in jail, at least for now, on charges he transported images of child porn. Businessman George Nader made his first court appearance in Alexandria. Prosecutors want to detain him pending trial. Nader's lawyer says he's in bad health and should be let go. D.C. Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton tells Bloomberg the city intends to ask the federal government to reimburse every penny of additional security cost incurred protecting President Trump when he descends on the National Mall to deliver a speech during the 4th of July bash. But money aside, Norton says she's disgusted the president would turn a nonpartisan event into what she sees as a political rally. People were not willing to travel here much for his inauguration, something that he hasn't much gotten over with here. So I don't know who he expects to be talking to on the 4th of July at Secu- the mall. Security and logistics are still being worked out. Time now for the Beltway Business Port Report. Wrapping up the day on Wall Street, Bloomberg's Larry Kofsky. Well, the Pentagon and State Department have informally notified Congress of a potential $2 billion deal with Taiwan. It includes the first-time sale of the U.S. Army's best tech. All right, that is not Larry's report. We'll get to that at the bottom of the hour. For now, we can tell you that the uh, stock market had a positive day across the board. Uh, On the Dow, just one moment, pulling up the numbers for you. The Dow Jones was up. 181 points, 7 tenths of 1% to 25,720. The Nasdaq gained 40 to 76.15. And the S&P 500 gained 17 points to 28.43, up 6 tenths of 1%. Global news 24 hours a day on air and at TikTok on Twitter, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Martin DeCaro. Kevin? Thank you, Martin. It's been a busy week, a busy week, and the clock is ticking down to whether or not President Trump is going to raise those tariffs on Monday, June 10th, against Mexico, as he has threatened to do. We're getting breaking news, headlines crossing the Bloomberg terminal just within the last couple of minutes. 
White House spokeswoman Sarah Sanders saying in a statement that the U.S. position has not changed and we are still moving forward with tariffs at this time. She's referring to the tariffs against Mexico. Here with me in studio, former Democratic Congressman Joe Crawley. He is now a senior policy advisor at Squire Patton Boggs. He's also working on a coalition, a bipartisan coalition, to try to get rid of those tariffs to over, or to, and to urge the passage of USMCA or NAFTA 2.0. Uh, Sari Kim is with us in studio as well, Republican strategist, former senior advisor in the Trump administration. Sari, I'll start with you. I want to get your reaction to what President Trump said earlier today about Mexico and immigration and tariffs. Here's the president of the United States. The Democrats, uh, Congress has been a disaster. They won't change. They won't do anything. They want free immigration, immigration to pour into our country. They don't care who it is. They don't care what kind of a record they have. It doesn't make any difference. They're not going to be changing anything. We go to them. We say, let's fix the immigration laws. They just want it to do badly. The worse it does, the happier they are. So that's the way it is. And I guess that's the way it'll be till after the election. That's President Trump. Sari, I mean, you're a Republican. I guess you're not with the tariffs, are you? I mean, the whole situation with Mexico is incredibly frustrating because Congress creates the problem and they don't solve it. Right now, since the Department of Homeland Security has been created, 353 billion dollars has been spent to secure the wall. But more important than that, there is this issue of USMCA and NAFTA. Mexico is a struggling economy still. And since NAFTA passed uh, 25 years ago, 879,280 manufacturing jobs, U.S. jobs has been lost to Mexico. We need to sort the situation out by leveraging a carrot and stick situation. The carrot is Mexico needs to enforce a rule of law. Mexico needs to get their act together at the border. Mexico needs to stop migrants from Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala. And in exchange, we will continue to allow them to essentially have duty-free goods from Mexico coming over to the United States through NAFTA and now USMCA. Joe Crawley, I I mean, it's almost like President Trump wants to negotiate with Mexico more than he wants to negotiate with the Democrats. Well, it's 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 very confusing, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, here, the the discussion has been for the last few weeks about bringing Democrats and Republicans together to find a way to pass the USMCA, the U.S.-Mexico-Canadian Agreement. Uh, it's not dissimilar, though, I think, from a tactic the president used in the past when talking about South Korea mm. and the renegotiating of the Chorus Agreement. When the president kind of uh, hinted at this or suggested maybe removing troops from South Korea. <laughs> I, I just don't, you know, it's just kind of peculiar and odd in terms of the negotiating strategy here. So it, it's also fascinating, Sari, to hear just Republican senator after Republican senator, Joni Ernst, Chuck Grassley, the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, he even said this week that he's not, he's not a fan of those tariffs. Well, President Trump responded to, to members in his own party when he was in Ireland today. Take a listen to what the president had to say about Republican senators. We've told Mexico the tariffs go on, and I mean it, too. And I'm very happy with it. And a lot of people, senators included, they have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to tariffs. They have no, absolutely no idea. We're the piggy bank. The United States is the piggy bank. It has all the money that others want to take from us. But they're not taking it so easy anymore. It's a lot different. Wow. 
Sari, they have no idea. I mean, look, I, I, I mean, when I when I've interviewed these Republican senators, they're hearing from constituents, they're hearing from farmers, and and there is an uncertainty and, and an anxiety in, in several of their constituents. No one is claiming that their constituents are voting for Bernie Sanders or for Elizabeth Warren, but they are concerned about this particular policy. I I mean. Again, it feeds into the narrative that the president is pushing is that Congress creates a problem and Congress cannot find a solution. The Republican senators and House Democrats, whatever party, whatever side of the chamber, they always want to protest. Oh, we don't have manufacturing jobs. Oh, we have issues with immigration. Oh, we can't sort out trade. But here's the thing. You can't continue to allow Mexico to not enforce the border at the same time get all the manufacturing jobs that has decimated middle America. America without them suffering some consequences. Mexico needs to become the economy that they pretend to be because the United States created the Mexican economy when we passed NAFTA. They have to sort it out. It's so much clearer to me now. Not really. We are friends. You do a good job. You do a good job. I don't know how you do it, but you do a great job. You know, you know, we're talk, you know, when we say this is not about trade, you know, tariffs are about trade. You know, is it about the border? Is it about the crisis on the border? Or is it about trade? Uh, you know, or is it about farmers? I mean, well, listen, listen. We were talking about the use of tariffs, the two thirty two, this uh, aluminum and steel that they had to be lifted in order to move forward with the USMCA on Canada and Mexico. They're lifted, moving forward. Put the brakes on. We're putting more new tariffs on uh, on Mexico. You know, so it's convoluted. It's, it's without, it seems without strategy or understanding. If there is a strategy, the, the president is not conveying it to the American people property, properly. He's not even properly preparing the American people for what this could ultimately mean. Higher prices for their produce. Higher pro- prices for, pro- for product production that does come into the States. And the tax is not going to be paid by the companies. It's going to be passed on to American consumers. Yes, but the American consumer wants a job so they can spend money on the things that they want. And what about the- farmers, though? Not to inter- but, but specifically targeting farmers. Because, again, I'm not, I'm not here saying that the farmers are leaving the party in droves and that they're switching to go vote for Democrats. There's no evidence of that in the polls. But but talking to, to farmers one-on-one, to the Joni Ernst and to Chuck Grassley's crowd, when what do you say to them who say, you know, this is really impacting our our uh, our soybeans, our our wheat, and our corn, and and, and whatnot. I mean, I'm a Washington D.C. elitist, and I think we have a very dumbed down view of what farmers actually need. I mean, we just think that farming is the main issue involved in USMCA or NAFTA or the issue with Mexico and Canada. It is 0.1 percent, and these farmers. I mean, whatever we think about U.S. backed farming, like corn and soybeans as opposed to all the farm products that come over from Mexico, that is not a large part of the world's largest economy, United States, and the world's 13th largest economy, Mexico. These farmers need support in taxes. They need support in the estate tax. They need support in their everyday real estate. They need support in everyday commodities and not just a little bit of tax relief through trade. No, I think we should take this show on the road and go to a cornfield in Iowa. 
and we should talk to some farmers. Coming Only up, if Joe runs for president. Mu- <laughs> coming up, much more reaction on politics and policy. The president is talking tariffs all day today. Plus, we're going to hear from Senator Chris Van Hollen. He's going to call in Democrat from Maryland. Joe Crawley stays. Sari Kim stays. I'm Kevin Cirilli. I'll stay, too. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Thanks for listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli. I'm Tom Keen. Tomorrow morning at 7 on Bloomberg Surveillance, it is Jobs Day. Most interesting after a terrible ADP report on Wednesday, Jason Furman joins. That's Bloomberg Surveillance. Tomorrow morning at 7 on Bloomberg 99.1. BioAgilitics helps pharmaceutical and biotech companies bring drugs to market. It's also a Wells Fargo customer. Here's how CEO Jim Dayton says the bank helped his company deliver on its mission. We work on drugs that treat some of the world's most difficult and brutal diseases. Cancer, HIV. Our employees want to be part of a larger mission. We needed additional capital to expand. So we hired Wells Fargo as our investment banker. They knew the healthcare industry, and they helped navigate a very complex process. We look forward to working with them for a long time moving forward. Wells Fargo bankers average over 15 years of experience in healthcare financing. They're making a difference where it matters. Find out more at wellsfargo.com slash healthcare banking. Attention investors, stocks got you sideways, worried about volatility? Then diversify into Class A income-reducing property units for up to 21% cash flow. National Realty's Class A property fund includes only prime income-producing new construction properties. These are built far below market value in Brooklyn, Hoboken, West New York, and Delray Beach, Florida. You're secured on high-demand mid-rises. You're diversified with income from multiple properties. You're prioritized in cash flow with substantial bank-appraised equity and solid real estate backing you. National has a 12-year track record of success with over $800 million of property managed. Now's the time to diversify with up to 21% apartment-backed financial units for your IRA or monthly cash flow. Once you see these Class A locations, you'll wonder what took you so long to call 201-210-2727. Call 201-210-2727. An offer to buy or sell any security is only made by our private placement memorandum. Read it first and invest wisely. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. National is a real estate development firm. See us at nria.net. Insight 2019, BNY Mellon Pershing's must-attend event for the financial advice community is coming to Phoenix June 12th through the 14th. If you haven't registered, visit bnymelloninsight.com and register today. Continuous market coverage live from Hong Kong. Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us for Bloomberg Break Asia. What will the longer-term impact be of the U.S. ban on Huawei? And will the U.S. jobs report begin to reflect the U.S.-China trade war? Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Tonight at 6 on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. Bloomberg. The world is listening. Bloomberg Business Time in the District 518. Drive time traffic every 15 minutes on Bloomberg 99.1. Beth Winter starts us out on the Beltway. 
Well, there is an accident on the outer loop of the Beltway right at Branch Avenue, and this has traffic jam from St. Barnabas Road. Also, we've got outer loop delays through Landover from Marina Drive headed towards the Greenbelt Metro, and also slow going on the outer loop from Hampshire Avenue to University Boulevard. Delays continue passing 270 all the way to the Little River Turnpike, and we've also got slowdowns uh, as you make your way towards the Dulles Toll Road and 123. More jam-ups on the outer loop from the Springfield Interchange headed to, to the Woodrow Wilson Bridge. Inner loop also a slow go from the Leesburg Pike past the spur and delays continue from Old Georgetown Road all the way over towards Richie Marlborough Road. Traveling on 66, we've got delays through Falls Church eastbound between Route 7 and Sycamore Street, westbound jam from the Beltway to 123, and delays continue from the Fairfax County Parkway in Vienna headed out into the Centerville area. And we've got delays on southbound 95 from Springfield and Woodbridge and again from Quantico, headed towards the Rappahannock River Bridge. Traffic and weather every 15 minutes on the Bellway area is only 24-hour business station, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM, HD2. Beth, now for your Bloomberg 99.1 three-day weather forecast. Partly cloudy tonight, temperatures dipping into the 60s. Tomorrow and Saturday, partly sunny and warm. Highs going up to the mid-80s. It's 88 degrees in Baltimore, 88 in Washington, D.C. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli continues on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio. We are joined by Sari Kim, a Republican strategist, former advisor in the Trump administration. Uh, she was also named today to the 2019 Future 40. Congrats, Sari. Thank you. The Thank Future you. 40 by Yay. the Maverick Pack, which is a, a list of rising stars within the conservative party, the conservative movement. So congrats on all of that. Thank you. Pretty Dan Crenshaw was on the list last year, current wow. member of Congress. Are you going to run Congress? You're well, open to I it. mean, if Joe gives me some money, I will. Wow. I want some of the lobbying money. No, hey, <laughs> suddenly I see this Sorry, in an attack Mrs. Crowley. Ad. I see, <laughs> I just want I see this in an attack ad in the future. No like, way. I want Joe to stand with me. Right. Joe Crowley's here, senior policy. I have some explaining to do. <laughs> <laughs> Squire Patton Boggs now. He's the former congressman uh, from New York. And we were talking in the break about the president. I thought he did a, a, a great job honoring the legacy of, uh, of D-Day and all of, all of the brave uh, men and women who served and helped the country on, on that day all those years ago. No, I think turning to those men, uh, even embracing them, mm-hmm. which was uh, I think quite many people were surprised. Uh, I don't think the president's known for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he did. He, he definitely hit the right tone, the right mark. And I think it's reflective of st- sticking to the script as well. I think that's something that he should do more often, quite frankly. And opinion. Speaker Pelosi, Sari, in keeping with this bipartisan moment, mm-hmm. Speaker Pelosi declined to criticize the president while, while she attended the, the ceremonies honoring uh, the, the D-Day, uh, the D-Day commemorations. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before, I'll say again, I really admire Speaker Pelosi as a woman and also um, as somebody who is in charge of her caucus. And I think she respects and understands the gravity of this moment. Um, and I mean, I'm inc- I, I think our generation will never know the amount of sacrifice. The greatest that, generation. Yes, uh-huh. that they made. I agree. Mm-hmm. And especially, I, agree. I, think, I think for us, when it... it the the nine eleven I think the aftermath of nine eleven will will mm-hmm. for for the millennials in particular I think that 
somewhat comes close, but the sacrifices that uh, that our military of all generations make day in and day out, and their families and their friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can't it can't be understood. What I, what I think, Kevin, the big difference though is, and I think that's more uh, associated with. What happened in Hawaii and the mm. attack on Pearl Harbor in terms mm. of 9-11, the sneak attack and what happened to us then. This was a planned effort yes. of, of our 100,000 primarily men yes. who were landing on these beaches knowing uh, that, mm. that the high risk that they were going to be severely injured or killed. Mm. It just goes to show the breadth of that heroism that was demonstrated that day. And it can never, never be understated. All right, we're talking tariffs. We're talking policy. Vice President Mike Pence coming out with a statement just within the last uh, couple of uh, half hour or so uh, saying that the at this point the Mexico tariffs will be imposed on Monday. I do want to play for folks what the – what Senator Jeff Merkley, Democrat from Oregon, what he had to say on Capitol Hill uh, earlier today about those tariffs. Here's Democratic Senator Jeff Merkley. President Trump, you have kept saying you're going to seal the border. Every time you do that, the coyotes advertise and there's a surge. It's gone from 30 to 40,000 a month now to 150,000 a month because of you. Who says we don't play Democratic senators who aren't running for president on this program? <laughs> Joe? Your response to uh, Senator Merkley? I think there are a lot of uh, contributing factors to this. And, you know, primarily most of these folks are coming not from Mexico but coming from further south of that border. I think there are things that we can be doing, including uh, interdiction at the Mexican border, at the southern end of the Mexican border uh, with Central America. Um, You know, I think there are things that can be done to help alleviate the problems for Mexico themselves as well. But so so take us behind the scenes because now, you know, you're you're, you're leading this coalition trying to get USMCA – passed uh, through uh, the House of Representatives. Obviously, the pressure on you is going to be to get the Democrats uh, to, to, to get on board with this. How do you convince the progressives who are saying, oh, workers' rights, uh, environmental rights, that this isn't progressive enough? How do you – who, who – what's the, what's the play and what's the timeline in the midst of all of this terror well, talk? Think, <laughs> it, it is important, I think, to point out that I'm, I'm the honorary chair mm-hmm. of the past USMCA coalition uh, with Gary Locke as well as Eric Paulson, a uh, former congressman from Minnesota, Republican. And it is bipartisan. Uh, I, neither of us, uh, Eric or myself, are actually lobbying members of the House or the Senate. We can't do that. It's, it's not legal to do that for, uh, until January, at least of next year, whether I do it at all or not. But what I do, what I can say to you is that it's not only the United States that has to pass this. Mexico has to pass this. Canada has to pass this. This is before the Mexican legislature as we speak. Uh-huh. How are they interpreting what the president's doing? Uh-huh. You know, why are we passing this agreement that actually improves the lot for the United States when the president is imposing tariffs on our products right now? So it is, you know, I, I keep going back to the word confusing. It is very confusing. In terms of the timeline, uh, you know, I think the hopes will we get this done in the House and the Senate prior to the August break. Um, you know, I'm still hopeful. I don't think I don't think the events of last week and the name calling between uh, President Trump and Speaker Pelosi. It was Pelosi, only last week. Yeah, I thought it was like a year ago. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't think that that's, that in itself kills it, uh, but it makes it more difficult to see it done before the August break. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, Joe brings up an interesting point about Mexico. AMLO, when he was elected in August of 2018, made it a priority to change the economic decline of Mexico. I mean, it's growing at a 2% rate, which is dramatically less than India at 6% or even 
China at their height at 8%. And so what Mexico really needs to do is figure out why they cannot educate their population so that the choices drop out of high school and make a couple of dollars a day, max $5 a day if you live in Mexico, that is the average wage, or risk crossing the border and make $16 a day. That's the choice that the Mexican government is facing right now. That's what AMLO is working on. And USMCA is going to help alleviate one of the largest industries that Mexico, the U.S., and Canada works on, which is auto manufacturing. The Democratic caucus in the House is not realizing that the average Mexican worker under USMCA will make $16 an hour. I don't understand how they can get on their soapbox and continue to pound away the president on impeachment when he hasn't done anything. And yet when there's an actual chance to help Mexican workers and build up Mexicans economy that they refuse to do it because they well, don't like Trump. Plus, I, I think it's a miscalculation. You're handing the president potentially a, a gift on the presidential trail because he's going to go to Michigan, Wisconsin and Western Pennsylvania and Ohio and say, I had a deal. We had USMCA and the Democrats blocked it. And we all know that NAFTA is not too popular uh, to many of the progressive candidates. But I would always say that, Kevin, though, that I think Democrats are aware of the improvements in this bill as it pertains to labor. I think they they understand the legislature in Mexico has already moved towards liberalization and allowing for the right to organize and to join unions as well. Those are positive steps. I think the real focus is on enforcement Mm. and the environment. I think that's where primarily Democrats fall in terms of those. And I think those those are things that can be worked on to, I think I think uh, I think Ambassador Lighthouse knows that is, is willing to work on that. All right, coming up, Senator Chris Van Hollen, Democrat from Maryland, will get his take on impeachment and on tariffs. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Sari Kim stays. Joe Crowley stays. And you're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli. I'm Amy Morris. Tomorrow morning at 5 on Bloomberg Daybreak, can Treasury Secretary Mnuchin revive trade talks with China while he's at the G20 finance minister meetings? That's Bloomberg Daybreak tomorrow morning starting at 5 on Bloomberg 99.1. Right now, all across the U.S., there are millions of children without Internet at home. Hey, announcer person, why are you painting this sad picture of my life? You don't know me. I have Internet at home. I'm crushing it. Same here. So quit it with that sad piano music. Now that's something I can listen to while I crush AP Calculus and everything else I do. I've always had the skills. I just needed high-speed internet at home. And with Internet Essentials from Comcast, I have that. So now I can stay on top of my homework. Mind if I do my announcer thing now? Sure, I need to get out of this commercial anyway. Go get them, Sonia. Through Internet Essentials, Comcast has connected more than 6 million low-income people to low-cost, high-speed Internet at home. So they're ready for anything. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com slash Internet Essentials. For the fifth time running, Commonwealth Financial Network is ranked number one by J.D. Power for highest in independent advisor satisfaction among financial investment firms. Placing first is nothing new at Commonwealth. In fact, we've been putting advisors like you first since we opened our doors in 1979 by being accountable to you and your clients alone, by making consistent investments to ensure that you have every possible tool, support, and competitive advantage, and by virtue of the fact that you can trust us to have your back through both good and challenging times. 
It all translates to the kind of experience that brings out the best in you and in us. To learn more about the partner that ranks you and your clients number one with everything we do, call Commonwealth at 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com. Member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor, broker-dealer. For J.D. Power 2000 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. As an industry leader in data and analytics for Hearst Magazines, Mike Smith is on the front lines of hiring the next generation of AI and machine learning experts. That's why he recruits from tech and research-driven universities like NJIT. In the mid to late 1990s, at the start of the Internet boom, the concentration of media companies and Internet tech companies in New York City grew exponentially. Google, Facebook, other wonderful companies have a huge presence in the New York area. And that growth has continued. And so having qualified academic institutions like NJIT produce capable graduates, produce research at scale in a variety of industries. So NJIT's network of graduates is a very strong one. They're well-educated, they're curious, and they're lifelong learners. NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. The professionals at Witham are not just world-class accountants. They're also top-notch tech-savvy consultants, helping modernize your technology and automate your business processes. From intranets to cloud-based solutions and everything in between, Witham's digital team can help streamline your organization's operations. Not sure if you need to update any of your systems? Visit witham.com slash digital to find out more and to speak to a Witham digital expert. That's W-I-T-H-U-M dot com slash digital. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Business Time in the District 531. We check drive time traffic every 15 minutes on Bloomberg 99.1. What do you have for us on the Beltway, Beth Winters? Well, we still have that accident activity on the outer loop after Branch Avenue, and this has traffic jam from St. Barnabas Road. Your delays continue through Landover on the outer loop from Arena Drive, heading towards the Greenbelt Metro and through Hillendale, slows from New Hampshire Avenue to University Boulevard. Delays continue through Bethesda from 270, headed all the way into Virginia to the Little River Turnpike and trying to get to the Wilson Bridge on the outer loop. That is jammed from the Springfield Interchange, heading to the Wilson Bridge. Now in Lay Hill, we have an accident on the eastbound side of the intercounty connector just before Georgia Avenue blocking the two right lanes and traffic is jammed from 370. This report is sponsored by eBay. You know when you're shopping and find the right thing and then you see the price and you're like, wait, it's how much? But did you check eBay? So you do check eBay and eBay has that thing you want for the price you want. Traffic and weather every 15 minutes on the Beltway Area's only 24-hour business station, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Your Bloomberg 99.1 three-day weather forecast. It's going to be partly cloudy tonight with lows in the 60s. Tomorrow, partly sunny highs in the mid-80s and a similar forecast for Saturday. Partly sunny skies 
Muggy highs in the mid-80s. Right now, it's 89 degrees in Washington. Bloomberg Business Time 533. Here are your top stories in and around the district and across the globe. The Trump administration and Mexican leaders continue to negotiate over how America's southern border will stem the flow of Central American migrants or face tariffs on their exports to the United States as soon as Monday. Vice President Mike Pence a short time ago said there's no deal right now. Bloomberg's Sarah McGregor has the latest. Our sources are telling us that there is a chance that the tariffs could be delayed. That's what Mexico is seeking. It just wants to buy more time to try to convince the U.S. that it can meet its demands over its um, immigration proposals. But, um, you know, one scenario would be that the the U.S. does impose the tariffs on Monday, but perhaps they're short-lived while Mexico comes up with the plan and at least shows some early signs that it's implementing those promises. The number of migrants arrested at the border soared to nearly 133,000 in May, according to Customs and Border Protection. Border arrests have risen to levels unseen in nearly 20 years. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli continues. I'm Martin DeCaro. This is Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Headlines regarding Deutsche Bank prompted by the New York Times now fallout from Democratic senators. They wrote a letter to the Federal Reserve asking whether or not Deutsche Bank complied with anti-money laundering laws. One of those senators who wrote the letter, along with Senator Elizabeth Warren, is joining us on the phone now, Senator Chris Van Hollen. He is a Democrat from Maryland. Senator, I appreciate your time. Bring us up to speed with this with this investigation that you are calling for with Fed Chair Jay Powell. Well, Kevin, it's good to be with you. And uh, the ranking member, Senator Sherrod Brown, is also part of the group that uh, sent this letter. And this is part of the follow-up from the New York Times story uh, where there was a whistleblower at Deutsche Bank that said that uh, there had been a suspicious activities report flagged on various accounts uh, dealing with the Trump family uh, and Jared Kushner. And we believe it's very important that the Federal Reserve do its job and investigate uh, this matter. Uh, I wrote to the Federal Reserve way back in 2017, kind of looking ahead and pointing out that the Fed as an independent entity uh, should make sure that they properly oversee uh, Deutsche Bank, uh, despite the conflicts of interest that the president has with that bank. I received a letter back from them assuring me that they would maintain their independence and uh, provide accountability. So this will be a test of whether they do that. Do you think that the Fed, I mean, as you know, and this is a little awkward, I mean, the, the Fed and Fed Chair Powell, they've been criticized by President Trump. President Trump has attacked Fed Chair, Powell, Fed Chair Powell's uh, decisions regarding monetary policy. Do you think that this is going to be a decision for Fed Chair Powell about whether or not to have this investigation go on at a time in which the administration has criticized and politicized the central bank? Well, the fact that uh, President Trump has inappropriately attacked the Federal Reserve uh, cannot and should not uh, deter uh, the Federal Reserve from doing its job. I mean, part of its job is to regulate big banks like Deutsche Bank. And if we have a situation where 
president of the United States can uh, deter them from doing their job by attacking them, uh, that would obviously undermine the integrity of the entire system. So what we're asking the Federal Reserve to do is what they said they would do two years ago, maintain their independence, do their job. And we have evidence that's uh, come forward, uh, like the evidence we've seen, a part of their job is to investigate it, and that's what we're asking them to do. Senator, from, from Congress's standpoint, from the Senate Banking uh, Committee standpoint, uh, from, from the minority party in there with Democrats as well as in the Democratic-controlled House with Maxine Waters on the Financial Services Committee, could, could there be calls for subpoenas to be issued from Deutsche Bank? Uh, could you or do you, do you want to hear from Jared Kushner himself come forward about this New York Times report regarding Deutsche Bank? Well, as you know, uh, the House of Representatives has subpoenaed uh, documents uh, from Deutsche Bank, and we've had one court already uphold uh, that uh, request. It's working its way uh, through the system. Uh, So uh, that is obviously one uh, approach and an important approach. But what we're asking the Federal Reserve to do is to do their job here. And uh, there's no reason that we shouldn't uh, approach this from both angles. And, you know, the Federal Reserve has its uh, reputation at stake, and, uh, you know, this is, this is part of their portfolio, part of their responsibility. And when you have evidence like this, uh, they should not be looking the other way as the Federal Reserve, excuse me, as the uh, Deutsche Bank executives apparently uh, look the other way when uh, their own people uh, filed uh, these suspicious activity reports or, or raised these suspicious activity reports. Senator Chris Van Hollen, he represents Maryland, a Democrat from Maryland. Just a couple more questions. I know your time is valuable. The issue of tariffs, it's all the talk here on Bloomberg. The vice president saying that those tariffs are still set to go, uh, be raised on Monday against Mexico. Do you like what the president's doing with threatening these tariffs? No. Uh, what what the president is doing is uh, totally counterproductive. Uh, we have a very serious situation at the border. Uh, there are many things that we should be doing, uh, but what we should not be doing is threatening to increase prices to American consumers and American uh, businesses uh, as a part of this pressure campaign on Mexico. Uh, it doesn't do us any good at the end of the day to punish uh, Americans uh, for uh, in, in an effort to try to address uh, the immigration issue. So this will simply hike prices here, as we've seen, you know, the president's other tariffs increasing prices, uh, especially uh, disagree with his efforts to use uh, so-called Section 232 National Security Authority uh, to place these tariffs on some of our close allies, Canada, European partners, and others. And what about, just lastly, before I let you go, what about what about this issue of impeachment? What do you think the best thing to do uh, from, I mean, you're in the Senate. I mean, you know this. The mattress isn't there. So even if the Democrats in the House, they want to go down the impeachment round road, it gets to the House. I mean, there's not the votes there to convict. So what do you make of all this impeachment chatter? Well, the purpose of impeachment is to have a political tool to hold presidents accountable. And so I, I believe that the House of Representatives is doing the right thing uh, by uh, conducting these hearings, uh, by you know demanding that uh, Bob Mueller uh, testify, uh, talk about what's in his report, what's in the findings. Uh, it's important to uh, get the testimony of McGahn, and as they're doing, uh, in addition to the Deutsche Bank uh, Bank records that they've 
uh, subpoenaed. Uh, they've also uh, subpoenaed documents from uh, the Trump Organization. And it's really important uh, that uh, the President of the United States not be held above the law. The President has to be held accountable just like any other American citizen. So my view is that they should continue doing what they're doing, and then they have to make a decision as to how to proceed. Uh, I think they're right uh, not to have ruled out uh, impeachment. They have to follow the evidence uh, where it leads. I should point out that while they're conducting those hearings, the House has also passed lots of legislation on issues very important to the American public, from gun safety to trying to end secret money in politics to equal for equal work. They've passed all these bills, which are all now sitting in the Republican-controlled Senate. I wish Mitch McConnell uh, would actually start uh, doing something and, and let, at least let us vote on these bills that are important to the American people. Senator Chris Van Hollen, a Democrat from, uh, from, from Maryland. I didn't know this, Senator, but you went to Swarthmore College. Look, it's down the street from where I grew up in Delco, but it's Delco. So you know, you're familiar with Delco, Swarthmore College. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, it's a it's a great area. I love the whole. It's the whole best region. area. And let me tell. <laughs> let me ask you. Well, I, okay, Pat Sergino's. I, I take it you spent some time in Philly. Yes. What? what Pat Sergino's cheesesteaks. Uh, I, I don't know that I ate a lot of cheesesteaks during my time, but uh, that's why you represent Maryland, Senator. Steaks. It's why you represent <laughs> Maryland, Senator Chris Van Hollen. Everybody appreciate the time, Democrat from Maryland. Appreciate it. Coming up, panel reacts. Joe Crowley, Sari Kim. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli. I'm Nathan Hager. Join us tomorrow morning on Bloomberg Daybreak. It is Jobs Friday. We'll preview the May employment report with Kevin Cummins, economist at NatWest Market Securities. That's Bloomberg Daybreak tomorrow morning at 5 on Bloomberg 99.1. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to tackle those home projects you've been putting off. So come summertime, you can just sit back and relax. HomeAdvisor can help get you started. HomeAdvisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. HomeAdvisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. Find a great pro now before the busy season hits. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. What is us? Us is a foundation. Us is the future. Us is a bond. But right now, that bond is free. And we need a place that could make it whole. From diabetes prevention to safety around water. The Y fills the gaps. And bridges our divide. But they can't do it without us. Support your local Y today. Because where there's a Y, there's an us. Read by members of the Y. The Y for a better us. Your NBC Sports Radio update starts now. Bad news for the Golden State Warriors. Kevin Durant will not be playing Friday's game for the NBA Finals. The calf injury still not good enough for him to even scrimmage as originally planned for today. Meanwhile, it is 8 p.m. Eastern time face-off. Stanley Cup final game number five in Boston. Bruins and the St. Louis Blues all tied up at two games apiece. Watch it on NBC. Listen to it on Westwood One Radio. Afternoon Major League Baseball action finals. The Mets a 7-3 home win over San Francisco. Atlanta falls at Pittsburgh 6-1. Tampa Bay 6, Detroit 1. St. Louis a home 3-1 win over the Cincinnati Reds. Craig Kimbrell is no longer a free agent. The seven-time All-Star closer in the Chicago Cubs green to a three-year, $43 million contract. K 
Kimbrell expected to take a physical today. If everything goes well, he's expected to be in the bullpen no later than June 20th. I'm Dan Schwartzman. This is NBC Sports Radio. Napa know-how. How does Napa bring you the best deals on things like an Evercraft 26-piece screwdriver set with storage rack? The old switcheroo. Take the regular price, $41.99. Switch around the digits and wham, now just $14.99. Grab your Evercraft screwdriver set for $14.99 before the price switcheroo's back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Offer ends 6 Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric consumer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Let us help you plan for your future with our 2% APY money market account because at Mutual of Omaha Bank, you benefit from our 100-year legacy of helping customers plan ahead. At 2% APY, our money market accounts offer steady growth and easy access via checks or debit card so you can use your money your way. Visit MyMoneyMarketOnline.com today to get growth you can rely on from a bank you can trust. Mutual of Omaha Bank. $1,000 minimum balance required to earn 2% annual percentage yield. Member FDIC. When a company takes on a Series A or Series B round of financing, the stakes for success increase for the company and the investor. A mistake could result in lost market opportunity, wasted capital, or more importantly, it could breach covenants leading to loss of equity. Why take that risk? When the seasoned CPAs and virtual CFOs of Eisner Amper's outsourced accounting and finance practice can help. Count on powerful business analytics, on-point advice, and audit-ready financial statements when you need them. To find out more, please visit EisnerAmper.com slash outsource. Tomorrow, May jobs are in focus. The jobless rate falls. That's a really solid headline number. Average hourly earnings pay up. What will the numbers mean for future rate moves? Insight and reaction from Jason Furman, Larry Kudlow, and Jeff Rosenberg. We are at historic low levels of unemployment. The May jobs report tomorrow morning at 8.30 on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. Bloomberg, the world is listening. Bloomberg Business Time in the District 547. Drive time traffic every 15 minutes on Bloomberg 99.1. Heading out to the Intercounty Connector, the ICC with Beth Winters. Yes, on the ICC, uh, we have an accident eastbound just before George Avenue blocking the two right lanes and traffic is jammed from 370. Now, on the Beltway, a couple things to watch out for on the inner loop just before George Avenue, the disabled vehicle blocking the right lane. And on the outer loop at Branch Avenue, we still have that accident activity with traffic jammed from St. Barnabas Road. And also, we've got outer loop delays again from New Hampshire Avenue to University Boulevard from 270 to the Little River Turnpike. And also on the outer loop from the Springfield interchange headed to the Woodrow Wilson Bridge. Also, watch for slow-going traffic in Maryland on northbound 95 between the ICC headed towards Route 100. And also, do be aware that in Columbia, we do have an accident on Route 32 westbound between the Broken Land Parkway and Shaker Drive. The roadway is closed in that area, and traffic delays begin at Dorsey Run Road. Traffic and weather every 15 minutes on the Beltway area is only 24-hour business station. Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. 
Well, thanks, Beth. Now for your Bloomberg 99.1 three-day weather forecast. Going to look a lot like it was today, warm and sunny. Let's start with tonight, partly cloudy going down to the 60s. We warm up tomorrow and Saturday. Look for partly sunny skies both day with highs in the mid-80s. And it's still hot out right now in Washington, D.C. Late in the day, we're at 88 degrees in the nation's capital. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli continues on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 HD2. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. One of my all-time favorites. Beautiful day by you 2 and it is a beautiful day here in Washington. And for music fans, Keen, remember Keen? Keen, releasing a new song today and plans for a new album. But I'll stick back to politics because that is what I do. <laughs> now let's talk music. Joe, <laughs> Joe Crawley's here, former Democratic congressman. So you're alone on the desert York. island. What would your album be? <laughs> okay, answer your own question. Oh, my gosh. Don't do that to me. I have too your... many. My first album I ever bought, I was 11 years old. It was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Oh, wow. He's making a resurgence. Did you see album. the documentary that came out? Well, the new movie out Rocket now, too. Man. You know, we have Rocketman, the movie, yeah. And then the other movie that comes out is about the Beatles. It's, it's uh, about I, the, if the Beatles never – it's yesterday. If the Beatles yeah. never actually – I want to see that. Were. Yeah. yeah. I want to see that, too. Yeah. I would, I would say probably a Springsteen album. I'd have to really be hard-pressed to pick one, but I'll say The River because it was a double album. Oh, wow. So. There you go. <laughs> More Sarah songs. Kim, Republican strategist, can we find music agreement between you and Joe? So um, this is very stereotypical, but my Korean immigrant parents didn't let me listen to music or watch television because wow. all I had to do was study. So I didn't get my first album until I was like – in high school, and it was Backstreet Boys. Okay. Or no, maybe it was like junior high. Yeah. Like that. It was the ba- <laughs> I can't remember. What did you think of Chris Van Hollen? Not knowing Pasadena's. We're going to sidestep that. He represents Maryland. The real answer is Tony Luke's. I go thought ahead. it was really funny because he was like, I don't really eat cheese steaks. What did like- you think of his policy? <laughs> you- oh, his policy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm hungry. I was like, what? I'm always hungry, but yeah. as you know, thanks for the cookies, by the way. You're you welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, his his rationale for, you know, kind of dinging the Trump family, I think, is really funny because I get pinged by um, J.P. Morgan Chase for suspicious activity all the time. I mean, if you spend outside of your limits, if you travel, like, what is this suspicious activity thing that um, Chris Van Hollen alleges uh, that the family did? I mean, at this point, the Democrats are seriously, strenuously reaching to come to the conclusion that they already ascertain occurred in 2016, which is that the Trump family is terrible, the Trump family is guilty, the Trump family should not be in office, the Trump family needs to go jail, and now they're reaching for anything that will help them get there, and it's really doing a disservice to the American public. I know a lot of these people do hard work, like I was listening to the drug pricing issue that Anna Eshoo was doing on the House side. I mean, they're working on these type of issues, but it is subsumed in a vacuum of making Trump look bad. Well, I think that a lot of the issues that Chris was talking about, they're not new. These aren't newly found issues. What I think they're looking for is further discovery and finding out more information. I think that's what the tax uh, uh, returns issue is about as well as really information gathering. I thought Chris was – and by the way, I, I love Chris. Chris and I have been good friends for many years. He's a very deliberate kind of person. He's a, he's a very gentle person. At the same time, he can be very tough. He ran the DCCC. Mm. That's a tough job. Mm. Uh, to be a senator from any state and, and be a, a cosmopolitan state like Maryland, it's a tough job. Mm. At, at, at the same time, have a lot of rural areas. I think Chris does a good job overall. But I think when he saw what the impeachment issue um, and really talking about you know, letting the House work its will, 
do the investigations, not getting too far ahead. I think that's what Pelosi very much embodies as well. I've read the full Mueller report. I take take the first part, chapter one, and put it aside. It's all about chapter two. That's what this is all Why? about. Why? Because that's where they really focus on the issue of obstruction. You don't have to have to be. You don't have to be. Uh, um, uh, uh, wrong. You, you, you don't have to be involved in wrongful acts uh, to cover up uh, justice, if that makes sense. What a conundrum for Fed Chair Jay Powell. Can you imagine getting a letter from the Dems? Like, first, you've got to worry about President Trump's tweets. Then, um, first, you've got to worry about the economy and, you know, like keeping the economy going well. Uh, but then you've got to worry about President Trump's tweets. And now you've got Elizabeth Warren, Sherrod Brown, and Chris Van Allen saying investigate on Deutsche Bank. Tough. Tough job for Jay Powell. Sorry. He asked for it, but I think it's really funny that, you know, a couple of days ago when um, Jerome Powell was basically saying that he would uh, lower interest rates, the market, Bloomberg, um, all the savvy people were like, oh, this is fantastic. This is exactly what we need. And the market went up. But when President Trump told Powell the exact same thing, everybody freaked out and said, oh, President Trump is politicizing Sarah's got it. a point. Well, Sarah's the, got a point, Joe. Kevin, remember during the election, he was begging them to raise interest rates. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah, Sanity. It, it, it is interesting, though, to, to see how he's how President Trump has totally changed the dynamic of what is acceptable, maybe not acceptable, but what is now the norm for criticizing the central bank. I do want to touch on one thing in like the, the two minutes that we have left. The FCC chairman, did you see this? Ajit Pai, he, he, he passed this new regulation, and I'm going to get real wonky. Do you guys get robocalls? Yes. I get so many robocalls, yes. and I'm like – and now they like have target targeted them to work to my hometown uh, area code. Right. So I'm like, oh, maybe this is a call from back home in Delco from Chicky, my mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it's just a robocall. So if you look at my block number list, it's all robocalls. Mm-hmm. Well, now Ajit Pai at the FCC, I'm dying to interview him again about this. Uh, and I told him this in the green room here at Bloomberg. I was like, what are you doing about these robocalls? They passed a regulation today in the last 24 hours where they're now going to give – the telephone companies, Verizons of the world and whatnot, AT&T, the ability to block these calls. So this was a bipartisan push. Uh, it's a really wonky thing. But keep your fingers crossed, everybody, that maybe we won't be getting these <laughs> robocalls. Yeah, that sounds really fantastic. But it's, uh, it yet again highlights the fact that this is an issue that Congress highlighted, that Trump highlighted, and now everybody worked together in D.C. to solve a problem that people don't like. There are so many of these things, these type of issues out there. We have $1.3 trillion of unsubsidized student loan debt. I mean, these are things that people can actually be working on, but we're sucking up the oxygen, talking about impeachment. I'm over it. I'm Joe so Collier, you con- <laughs> When you were in Congress, did you get robocalls? Um, well, I certainly used to get them at home uh, on my home phone. I think in, in, in Congress Act and, and, and the government, Federal Government Act, the FCC acted. Uh, I think what you're really dealing with here is the change in ever-changing technology uh, and something that you really didn't get on your phone. Now you're getting on your phone. Um, it's really addressing an issue that's a real issue, okay, not a phony issue. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is according to Politico. How many robocalls do you think were made in America last year alone 18 billion i was going to say 1.75 billion you guys aren't even close 48 billion 48 
Wait, 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 wait. How many were made? About 48 billion. About 48 billion robocalls. Look, Ajit Pai and Co. at the FCC, get rid of those darn robocalls. Joe Crawley, thanks for coming on. Sari Kim, thanks for coming on. Congrats on the Maverick Pack getting on that list. And I'm Kevin Cirilli. You can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If this was a call-in show, we'd have robocalls calling in. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Sound On with Kevin Cirilli. I'm Doug Kersner. Coming up next hour on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, will there be a resolution to the U.S.-China trade war at the G20 summit at the end of the month? Goldman Sachs says don't bet on it. We'll take a look at the top of the hour. Daybreak Asia on Bloomberg 99.1. The countdown has begun. This May, a 1,000 global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.